everyone, and welcome back. This is Jay Taff once again with you with our weekly sports podcast, Not Just a Game. Thanks for jumping on and listening once again. Um, it's been a long stretch here during our little pandemic era, um, but we've been reaching out and getting some really good guests, and um, it, it's just been uh, interesting how wide of a range we've had with our guests and we're doing it again uh, today. We're going to really go outside the box today. Um, it's going to be a fun one. We're bringing on a former Hananiga high jumper, um, Dr. Charlie Kerlinkis, now 36-year-old. So Charlie, you're not quite just out of high school. <laughs> um, thank you, Charlie. And thank you, doctor. I appreciate you coming on. I hope you're doing good and uh, everything's going well for you. No, happy to be here. Happy to uh, think back to my time in Rockford for sure. You bet. I as, it, as, bet. as it becomes farther and farther away. <laughs> I bet you still have some fans out here. And I got a feeling after today's podcast, you might gain a few more. Because um, I want to talk to you about your everyday life. And it's just um, the things that you kind of, that you doctors are going through. And you're an ER doctor now out in the Sacramento area, correct? That's correct. Um, and let me just say thank you from, uh, from all of us over here that give a crap and that know what's going on. Um, thank you for what you do. A lot of us really appreciate what, what you guys, your doctors and your healthcare workers and your frontline workers are doing for us. And I hope you hear that enough. Uh, we appreciate it. Give, give me a take on what your life has been like for the past few months. It, it's unlike any other time in our world. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely been, you know, it, it's, you know, what you theoretically sign up for. I've, I've been, you know, an emergency room doctor now for, God, I've been out of residency for almost eight years, which is, you know, when you say it out loud, you think you're getting old. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you, you realize that something like this could happen during your career. I mean, a worldwide pandemic, and it's, it's definitely been, been crazy and, and interesting to kind of watch how the world reacts to this and, you know, this is an election leader and you know i i hate politics a hundred percent you know sports hooray um, I mean, it's crazy how you know politicizing you, you never think that your job as a doctor is going to become politicized and like people are going to argue about stuff and yeah it's 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 been really it's it's been scary honestly like i mean we're like everybody else we didn't know what was going on at the beginning they're like hey there's this new thing that's killing people real fast and you know Overreaction, underreaction, it's it's scary when you're, you know, when you're seeing it for the first time, when you're wearing a full, you know, what we call a papper, it's, you know, spacesuit respirator intubating someone, you're like, man, I hope I don't get this. I mean, uh, I quite literally have been showering in a in a little converted porta potty shower that's in the, the hospital parking lot after I get it done with the ship before I come home because, you know. You don't want to bring it home to your to your family, so it's. Are you married? With kids, doctor. Uh, no kids. Am married. My wife. My wife is an emergency veterinarian, so she. I always joke that I have humans covered, and she's just got everything else. <laughs> but uh, and, and and she's actually an infectious disease expert, so you know it's it's been very, very interesting. You know, kind of kind of watching this develop. But right. I'm, uh, I'm I'm getting vaccinated tomorrow. Is the is the word on the street? So it's uh, yeah. Hopefully we're we're drawing to the end of it. Yeah. sometime in the near future, but mm -hmm. you never know. I mean, we're, we're all just kind of making this up as we go along. I mean, everybody in this world, that's, you bet. we're humans. That's what we do. You bet. And with the vaccine kind of on the horizon for you, does that drum up any emotions? Does it make you feel like exhale a little sigh of relief or not yet? 
Uh, no, I mean, it, it, it in some ways, yes. I mean, it's not going to change anything for me in the in the immediate future with work and things like that, because it's not going to be, you know, every single person gets it. And then we're all of a sudden it goes away kind of thing. But, right. um, you know, it, it's good to see that we're we're making progress, you know, hopefully that's. Yeah, I mean, it's been a, it's been a long nine months, you know, I, I feel for everyone that's been out of work and all the horrible things that go along with, you know, shutdowns and things like that. And, you know, it's been horrible enough having to go to work all the time too it's you know no one no one's happy about this you know it's no. i don't think anyone's anyone's having a great time and you know frustrations for everyone i can't imagine anybody has, sees it the way you guys see it either um so up close and and just watching people have to deal with this alone um it's got to be just excruciating um, yeah, I mean, uh, touch, touching on that, what you just said, you know, I was the, the last thing I'll say about the pandemic, we can move on to, to fun stuff is but you brought it up is, uh, you know, watching elderly patients come in and families can't visit, you know, and, you know, dying alone. It's horrible. Hmm. You know, my, my job sucks. I don't I don't love love my job currently. You know, I, I love what I do for a living. And it's, you know, I can't see myself doing anything else. But this is not going to be the year that I look at as the most fun. Yeah, well, I you I'll reiterate, there's a millions of people out there that are not only appreciating you and, and what you guys do for everybody, but are gaining more and more respect for your, your job and for what you guys do for the rest of us. So I hope you hear that enough. I may keep doing it every couple of minutes <laughs> just to make sure. Um, and whereas your job is kind of an extreme sport these days, um, that's not the only nice transition. Nice transition. <laughs> You've done this before. Reason why we wanted you on today, because you are as extreme as it gets when you're off work. And that's really one of the things I want to talk about. You are a base jumper. I mean, that's the correct term, right? Yeah. Yeah. Base okay. and, uh, Base jumping, or the word base is actually an acronym. It, uh, it stands for kind of the categories of things that we jump off of, and it's buildings, antennas, spans, so bridges, and earth, cliffs. So that's, that's where it actually comes from. A guy kind of invented the sport, and the first guys that were jumping off stuff were like, oh, this isn't really you know, skydiving because there's no plane, and this kind of made up the name. So, <laughs> Jeez. Well, whatever you call it, it's just amazing. And give me, give us a little idea of how in the world you got into this and give us a little quick background on your base jumping resume and um, what you've, how you've made your life into this a little bit. Yeah. I, uh, so I, I went to college at the University of Illinois and ran track there and uh, through a combination of AP credits and staying over summers and taking classes, I graduated after three years and I had uh I had this job. I worked as a TA teaching human anatomy and I had a little money coming in from that where I actually got a paycheck for the first time, you know, in a, in a long time that had any, any bearing on things I could do. And I've always wanted to skydive and, and track wasn't the track team wasn't super thrilled about me skydiving, but I had technically already graduated and I was getting all my money paid for by the TA thing and stuff. So they couldn't really tell me not to. So I started skydiving. Uh, yeah. When I was, yeah, just turned 21, I guess. Sky, skydived in Illinois for the next year and then uh, moved out to California for med school. And there's a lot of, a lot of opportunities for, for different extreme sports kind of activities. You know, I, I, I just did traditional stuff growing up. I played basketball. I ran track. I did cross country, you know, just the, the normal, 
normal stuff. I wasn't into skiing, snowboarding, all, you know, grew up in the Midwest. There's not a lot of extreme sports necessarily in, in Rockford. Um, but yeah, was jumping at drop zones out here during the early part of medical school. Um, the, the nice thing about early medical school for me was that one of the hardest classes your first year of medical school is, is human anatomy. Cause you're doing dissection, you're memorizing every bone origin insertion, you know, every, it's just rote memorization of parts of the human body. I mean, and that's a, that's a big time sink your first year. Yeah. Um, I had just taught human anatomy for, you know, two semesters, two classes each semester for graduate students at university of Illinois. So I kind of had that stuff down. So I got another job teaching human anatomy for the undergrad students at UC Davis where I went to school and kind of used all that extra time to go to the drop zone on weekends and skydive a whole bunch. <laughs> uh, where luckily you didn't need to know too much about the human anatomy for that, but holy cow. What, how, and, uh, I, I gotta ask, why, what drew you to that? I mean, not, a, you know, a lot of people want I mean, the shot, but not everybody gets into it like you did. Yeah. You know, the, it's just kind of, you know, I, I guess you don't know something's going to be a passion until you try it. And, you know, I can't say I, I was sitting there thinking, Oh, I'm going to love jumping off stuff. And, you know, <laughs> I enjoyed skydiving, but you know, that first year I moved out to California, there was guys that were kind of, this was 2005, 2006. So there, you know, there was guys kind of sneaking around in the back, packing these other parachutes and going off after sunset and sneaking away. I was like, why are those guys doing that? Looks fun. And <laughs> climbed up some objects and watched guys free fall past me on like a, you know, halfway up a 400 foot tower and just see these guys <sighs> parachute comes out. And it's like, I want to do that. That looks so much fun. <laughs> and God, you know, 14 years and 2,800 jumps and 25 countries later, I'm doing a podcast. Oh, with the guy no. back in my hometown, you know, <laughs> life is weird. 800. I mean, yeah, and that's how do you even count? I mean, you got to do you have a log book? It's that's yeah, it's, for skydiving. I don't, I, I think I've, I've got right about a thousand skydives plus or minus a few, but for, for base, you know, uh, I, one of the guys that kind of mentored me in uh, this day and age, you can kind of, if you really wanted to base jump, you could go do a couple hundred skydives and pay a guy to, to teach you how to jump. There's enough, it's a big enough sport now. It's, you know, it, people know what it is. They see wingsuit videos, things like that. Um, when I started, it was kind of, you learn from guys that were already doing it and there was a mentorship kind of aspect to it. A little taboo. Um, yeah. It, I mean, it really was that at skydiving places, you weren't, you didn't bring out a base rig because you'd get kicked off at some of the places around <laughs> because they're like, oh, you know, dirty base jumpers got it. It was really kind of, you know, I, I've never been an underground, you know, <laughs> counterculture guy in my life before, before that. But, you know, it's a, it's kind of interesting, but it's oh. been interesting to see it turn into something that's way more mainstream these days for sure. It is, it is. It's growing. But as we've talked about off air, um, it's a little different in the States that it, than it is uh, around the rest of the world. Explain that sure. to our listeners. What, what's the difference around here when it comes to legal? Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's illegal. Probably, you know, 99% of the, the jumps you do in the United States are, are illegal. Um, in Europe, you know, all over France and Switzerland and the Alps, you can hike up and jump off the top of something and land next to your car and pack up and do it again. If you want to, I mean, there's a lot of very accepted, you know, cable cars take you to the top, stuff like that here. National parks are all extremely illegal to jump in, you know, big fines. They'll take your gear away. You'll spend the night in jail, that kind of stuff. Hmm. But 
you know, it's a, just a different, different law structure system that we have in the U S for, for good or for bad. There's lots of, lots of amazing things about being in the U S and lots of stuff that's different or not advantageous, but. What, so, I mean, give us some high, give us some of your highlights. So, you know, you had to have had, I mean, gosh, a 2,800 are probably yeah. all memorable, but there must be some that stand out in your mind more than others. Yeah, for sure. I get this question a lot, you know, after being around for a while. Um, <laughs> I'd say, I'd say the, the one that people like to hear about that immediately makes them say, oh, that's crazy is uh, I did jump the Eiffel Tower. Uh, about God, almost 10 years ago. Wow. Oh my God. Not, not, not with permission, just by <laughs> cl- climbing to the top of it in the middle of the night and jumping off with a friend. So, Oh my yeah. goodness. That was, um, I, I don't think, I don't think you could ever do that now. I mean, it's, I was wondering way more, way more. There's definitely, you know, cameras are better. France has had a rough, a rough go for the last few years too. So, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think that would ever happen happen now necessarily but that's that's a that's a memorable one oh my um my, my the, the most beautiful jump i've probably ever done is uh, a couple of years ago i got to go to uh, baffin island which is it's on the east coast of canada and so barrow alaska like the farthest most point of alaska i think is like 81 degrees north or something like that and we were 83 degrees north so we're we were very very north above the arctic circle and they've got these fjords that have seven, 8,000 foot cliffs. And uh, I was out there with a group of people and it's the most remote place I've ever been in my entire life by far. Um, but there's a jump called Polar Sunspire, which is a almost 7,000 foot cliff. That's just this small little precipice on the top. And I got to stand up there alone and you see 360 around you as far as you can see, just sea ice and, and mountains. And that, that was a good one. Oh. Oh my, it takes your breath away just hearing you tell the stories, you know, is this something you're going to do? I mean, there's got to be, you got to get to an age where it's a little much for you. Is it like a heart thing or, I don't know how I mean, you do this. My, we'll, we'll see. My, my risk tolerance is definitely, you know, decreased as I think any person that lives through their twenties, you know, into their thirties. And now, you know, my, coming up quickly on my late thirties kind of thing is you, you definitely learn, learn some things and appreciate some things differently. And, you know, there's, uh, I don't really know what the, what the end point is for me. I mean, if I thought I was going to die doing it, I probably wouldn't be doing it still. There's nothing I don't really have goals left in the sport. I've done all the things I need to do. So it's just a question of when, when feels like the right time. Mm -hmm. I don't feel any pressure to walk away yet, but you know, that could change tomorrow. Who knows? Is so there's nothing left on the base jumping bucket list you've hit. All. Oh, I mean, there's, there's dreams for, for sure. I mean, there's some, you know, there's some, uh, iconic objects still are out there to, to jump, of course. But, uh, you know, I, I could, I could very happily walk away today and have zero regrets. You know, I've, I've gotten to do very cool things that if you told me after my first jump that I would be, you know, traveling to China and jumping off stuff for the government for demonstrations and, and weird stuff. You know, I've had some really, some really cool opportunities through the sport. So I have no regrets. Wow. Um, for if somebody wanted to go and, and see some of your, see you in action, um, where would they go to look for stuff? Is it easy enough to just Google and just start clicking? Yeah. I haven't, I haven't put, I kind of, 
there's there's definitely a point in time of every everyone that gets really into base jumping where you're you're like i'm the coolest guy here's all my videos that that era ended for me in probably about 2013 so you can find a lot of stuff there there and above you know um but i don't post a lot of videos anymore you can you can google my name you know the 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 typical i don't have a website i don't have it i do have an instagram now i forgot i just my wife convinced me to sign up for instagram like two months ago so i have an instagram I don't really put anything on it, so yeah. Well, Google, should, Google uh, me. Oh my Google god, me. my name's weird enough. There's, there's not a whole lot of Charlie Krulinkas's floating only. around uh, to. Instagram is made for your kind of stuff, though, man. You know, you got to start filling that up with visuals. Oh, oh man, it all um, depends on who you're trying to influence, I guess. I, <laughs> I guess so. Your I don't think I'm very. I don't think I'm very influential, so. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know about that. Um, what a what a life! I mean, do you do lots of other stuff that's action, sportsy, extreme like this, or is this your? I mean, I I ski and I snowboard. And the the it's been super interesting to be in this area, Northern California, and the amount of people that are extremely high level in all these different sports that kind of come together. It's a hot. Uh, I've had you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, through, through jumping, I've, you know, linked up with, some, you know, really impressive rock climbers and skiers and stuff like that. And kind of dabbling in their, in their hobbies. It's, it's, it's funny. I have this complex where I feel like I'm terrible in every sport just because the guys I hang out with are, are so good. <laughs> the best you know, the guys world. that are, you know, Oh yeah. You know, guys, guys that are in like climbing documentaries and stuff, it's hard to <laughs> compare yourself to them. You got to start hanging out with with less than that, and you'll feel better about yourself. You know, um, I, I just got into race car driving. That's my my new way to waste money and time and <laughs> nice. and live on the edge. That's that's an actual lifelong dream. I've always wanted to, nice. to do that since I was a kid. Like so. what? What kind of car? Oh, yeah. Here we go. Wow. That's that looks really fancy, but that is a twelve thousand dollar Porsche Boxster S that has a gutted interior and one hundred and fifteen thousand miles on it. So oh, it looks you know, it's, it's half. It's it's half of a Corolla, but it, it's real fast. Up, it blows up or gets crashed. And <laughs> I've, I've always really enjoyed working on cars, and I've uh, I'm real big into kind of race cars and working on cars and things like that. So cool. Such such a neat world you're living in, and I know it's also the other half is really difficult right now. Um, does this stuff, does going and jumping off a six thousand foot boulder somewheres give you a release from your everyday life? Is it at all? Yeah, it's 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 definitely you know it's it's a very I always say base jumping is very kind of clarifying because there's there's really nothing more important in your life at that very moment than, you know, you jump off something. If, if you do nothing, you know, that's it. It's very important that you, that you function correctly in a very, you know, pressure situation. So it, it's nice to, to have some, some moments where everything is very quiet. Nothing else to think about or worry about. Just amazing. Charlie Kerlinkas, um, former Hananiga high jumper, now an ER doctor in the Sacramento area and a hardcore base jumper. Um, <laughs> this, this is such a, leg- a legend in my own mind. <laughs> hey, it's going to grow. It's going to grow. I really appreciate this. This was fun as heck. Let's do um, our, the next time we do a podcast together. Let's wire you up 
as you're about to leap and um and maybe hook up a little webcam and we'll just you know and then we'll just go along on the ride with you okay sounds good we'll make it happen all right charlie this is cool you're a cool guy i really appreciate you sitting down with us thank you so much all right man have a good one and i don't know if i mentioned this or not but for what you do for what your job is, who you are. Thank you very much for the good humans in this country. We appreciate you folks. It's always, it's always good to hear. Thank you, sir. Stay safe. Um, and let's do this again soon from 5,000 feet up. Sounds good. <laughs> Thank you, Charlie. Take care.